guys what is up welcome back to the channel two weeks in a row we are good to go we're back on track i'm so excited this is a paranormal podcast for those of you that are brave enough to join the circle and today i have my homegirl elfie with me what is up elfie i haven't seen you in like 400 years <laughs> i know no kidding I know it's we've been busy but it's been a really good busy we can't talk about what we've been busy with but you know what it's okay we can't complain life's good right now you know it's been productive it's good exactly exactly so today is a really cool stream i've been wanting to do a stream like this forever um lake monsters and you were pretty fascinated by this topic too right elfie oh yeah this is definitely why i'm i mean Cryptos is not my strong suit, but I definitely, this was one of my favorites. So you do like crypto, like me, but I think we're kind of both in the same boat with the crypto thing. Like we've talked in the past about you've gone to visit Mothman. Now, if we were to investigate like Loch Ness Monster, how would you approach it? Would you jump in the water like Josh Gates did? (laughs) (laughs) Give me a snorkel, I'll go diving. I, I don't think I don't think so. I would definitely want to go take a boat out and just explore it, explore the depth of it. I mean, but that was brave, just mm-hmm. jumping in. I agree. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, he's one of my favorite hosts. Like overall, of like paranormal hosts. Like I love Josh Gates because mm-hmm. he has no fear and like he does. I, and Erin Ryder, do you remember Ryder? She's on. I follow her on social media. Hello. She like raced a freaking ostrich. Like she is like so badass, you know. But um, so I follow her on social media. But yeah, I agree. I don't think I could do some of the things Josh does just because. And he like splunking in caves, like when the water is coming in, like that scares me. Does it you? Oh yeah, that's. I I like caves. Like I'll go into the mouth of the cave, but when I hear a person go like, "Let's go in deeper and like explore," I'm like no. I'm good. You, I'll stay here. I don't know. It's I've always had that fear of uh, mainly tight spaces, mm-hmm. and then the idea of like, oh look, there's like ten tons of rock over top of me that could just squish me at any. I'm the same. I'm like like Colorado has so many beautiful caves too, and you can mm-hmm. go inside them. They have like tours. Like there's beautiful caves in Glenwood Springs. I've been to many a time. But I'm talking like full of crystals and like stalactites, like beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, I get so scared when I go in there thinking, like, it just takes one earthquake and, like, I am gone in the depths of the earth forever. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, Penn State, like, at State College here, we have the Penn's Cave and we have the caverns here. And I've actually taken the tour through the uh, underground, like, cavern we have. It's, like, it's it's pretty open, so it's not as frightening compared to spelunking with water coming in Mm-mm. but it's very beautiful and we have a huge cave system here too we have like all through the Appalachian Mountains and everything so there's a lot of interest in cave 
exploration around here too so see all my friends in colorado would like go like hiking and like they go down in those caves with just like rope Mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't trust myself first of all (laughs) like i would i i've always said like the horror movie like the dumb blonde that dies that's me 100 percent, and i'm willing to admit that but like yeah josh gates going in those splunking caves while the water is rushing in where you only have like a couple of minutes to get to the other side of the cave while the, the water's low is like that is way too much adrenaline for me you know like that's enough adrenaline to cause me an actual heart attack you know it's like let's see how fast you'll run when the water comes down <laughs> move oh. it <laughs> yeah there was that one episode where he was literally like gasping for air and like the crew was like no. pulling him and i was like no josh it's no i mean like it's amazing because usually when people are like there's a dangerous spot over there of something strange and he'd be like i'll go that away because <laughs> there's no survival instincts there <laughs> i'm like i always talk about natural disasters i'm not good with natural dis- like colorado was known for having like tornadoes here and there like luckily mm-hmm. we were on the west i grew up on the west side of colorado which there's less tornadoes because it's not the plains where like all of the farming is on the east side of colorado but once in a while, you're still going to get one. And I, I literally, one time, I was at my aunt's house. I think I was in, like, eighth grade. And her dog got stuck in one of the rooms. And because when a tornado happens, it, like, sucks all the doors and windows shut. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get the dog out. And everyone's like, just go to the basement. Like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll hide under the bed. I was like, no, I have to save the dog. And I literally, Elfie, like, I'm in eighth grade and I ripped the door off the hinges, like, actually. And uh, I got the dog out. My uncle was very angry with me (laughs) because I ripped the door off. But, yeah, natural disasters, I'm just not, you don't want me there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the one that's, like, panicking, like, running in circles, you know? So, um, going back to caves though, that's a really necessary chat to have with some of these lake monsters because these, these are lakes not just susceptible to, you know, actually United States. We are going to be touching on a couple of them, but also abroad, one of them being Scotland with Loch Ness, but it's interesting where and which, uh, lakes are these quote chosen lake monsters. Most of them have underwater canals and like ways out to the ocean or like little rivers and so it does make you well big rivers let's not call them little so it does make you wonder if they transport sort of in and out from like whatever their natural habitat is Mm -hmm. and it would actually make a lot of sense because given the size of some of these crypto creatures are it would almost be happy necessary for them to be able to leave the body of water to either to really probably go eat or feed and and move about because some of these lakes are big but are they big enough to legit be able to sustain something this large and for that long so who got by yeah, the way thank you laura for the cheers we appreciate you um yeah for that long because if loch ness has been around for maybe possibly thousands of years how is it able to survive for so long by itself it makes you wonder so now before we yeah. start the stream like what's your i'll give mine after you what's your general take on law like law not i mean you can be specific but like lake monsters in general you can talk about Loch Ness. i don't care like what's do you think they're real do you not think they're real and, and either way why there's a possibility of them being real just like you were saying we, there are caves and canals and um ways of getting in and out of these lakes and everything i think it's a to- 
entirely possible because some of these lakes are so deep that we haven't been able to fully explore them and everything so we can't say for sure i mean we're still discovering underwater life i mean it's almost like the water is both man-made lake uh, not man, but lakes and oceans are still the mo one of the most unexplored areas of our world like spaces so i think it's entirely possible we could be still encounter uh, maybe something we thought had gone extinct or even a new evolution of creature or something uh, just because we haven't encountered it yet doesn't mean it's not real and it's entirely possible especially if there's ways in and out of the lakes well and it's so cool too because i've even seen these aren't necessarily quote lake monsters but you've even seen some monsters that reside down in like antarctica and they'll, they oh, look yeah. like these, like, slithery snake things that are, like, full of ice that are slithering through. Or um, they think there's, like, the giant octopus, you know, that are down there. Like, there's so many theories, and, and I think it's over 90% of the ocean hasn't been discovered yet. And there's still, mm -hmm. like, microorganisms and species being discovered, like, to this day. So what makes us think that they're not smarter than us and they can't sense the sonar or sense when people are, like, seeking it? And then they jet or like hide or there's ways to like get away from it. Well, that and we're discovering more creatures that survive in environments that you would think be totally unlivable, but they have somehow adapted to almost like um, highly toxic waters and you see things still thriving in there. So it, it's, there is such a realm of possibility. For well, and even putting well, in the realm of possibilities recently there was a report that's been done where you know obviously global warming's happening and there's creatures and beings coming up from the depths of the ocean because uh their feeding habitat is shrinking and so they're needing to find other ways to eat and there was a group of scientists it's not a megalodon so if you've ever heard of a megalodon it's like one of the largest sharks that's like ever lived on the planet but it was like a ginormous shark that came up to feed they were trying to bait trap and watch um, sharks like great whites in this particular area and it was like the biggest captured shark they'd ever seen on camera and it they weren't there they had like the camera operator like viewing like you know down under because it was so deep um, but mm -hmm. you know that's proof that like we don't even know still what exists down there we have no idea oh yeah I mean it was only recently that we discovered that the giant squid was actually a thing it wasn't just maritime legend lore they encountered live giant squids down in the depths and whatnot so I think anything is possible in in these waters that we can barely even see past our own hands and everything well yeah that's what you pointed out earlier is like some of these lakes are so murky and dark and deep People are like, oh, yeah. oh, why haven't you found Loch Ness yet? Like, why? Because, like, it's damn near impossible. Then you imagine, like, debris being blown in or trees falling over and falling into the lake for however many hundreds of, you know, thousands of years. Nobody really knows what's down there. Now, Loch Ness particularly is 800 feet deep and 20... I was shocked it's 800 feet deep. I was shocked. And it's like, it, and if I remember correctly, you go down to a certain depth, you can't see anything. And not even probably lights wouldn't even work because it is so thick and murky that light wouldn't probably really penetrate through anything. Well, and is it even right. like 800 feet or is it more? You know what I mean? Like, are we certain these like technical instruments that we're using to measure are that of accuracy 
Or could there be other spots in the lake that are scanned that you don't really know how deep it is or where it goes? That's true, and also you have to take and account like you're talking about with global warming and the geography changing. The the even the bottom of the water could have changed and expand or or shifted over time too, because we don't know when was the last time it was even checked and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they have had thousands of people I know try to find Loch Ness. And nobody's found, like, another a photo of it or anything like that. Now, another interesting thing, though, I found out was Scotland actually banks a lot of tourist money off of Loch Ness. Like, you don't even think of stuff like that. So they literally have stores set up with, like, Loch Ness, you know, stuffed animals and you know, lunch boxes and cups and mugs and t-shirts. So they really depend on that tourism to like mm-hmm. keep the country going, which is just really interesting to me. You don't think about stuff like that in the economy. Oh yeah. Like they probably make bank on it, like sand and whatnot. So, I mean, I could see them also not whining. Like it's one thing for people to go searching for Loch Ness, but they probably really like Away, like, please don't go hunting for Loch Ness. You really, it could harm that. their like economy if somebody killed it or if it was really infinitely found that it didn't exist. I think it mm-hmm. could potentially harm the economy of Scotland. Like, you don't think about stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, now the only other flip side I see is like we have our own like monster and race town. Now, it's been shown that it's uh, not real, but there's still a tourists and there's still a tourist community around it and everything and there's still even like you can buy uh things with ray town raised town ray creature and everything so it's still thriving and even if there's possible it's not a real thing but with the loch ness that would take a huge hit to them if one anyone ever proved it was absolutely not real or somehow captured it which would be just crazy itself. <laughs> I don't think it could be captured at this point just because there's been so many people look for it and it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like, in my opinion, if it exists, it's got to be smarter than us. I would think so at this point for as many uh, people who have gone out there, like I said, that have tried to, it, it is probably figured out how where not to be. <laughs> we have a ton of facts, but one thing I do want to run across too is cat has a theory she came up with because she's really into like monsters and weird crypto and stuff and her theory is which we've talked about before um Loch Ness may have been a um I I don't know if you want to call it a pet maybe worshipped as an animal or dinosaur through um Atlantis and then when Atlantis sunk or went underwater and there was like a um I guess you would probably consider that some sort of a tsunami when that happened that mm-hmm. Loch Ness didn't really know where to go and it sort of found harbor in this, you know, area of Scotland. Okay, so it, it sounds like maybe that it was already, something already known to them at the time mm-hmm. or, like, something that interacted with people mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you had the sinking and then it got basically displaced and then maybe found... Loch Ness and everything. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that she thinks it would make sense because Atlantis was known for being extremely geniuses that were on the planet because they were getting help from like star people up above. So mm-hmm. it just, it, I like her theory. She she has some really cool theories. So I just wanted to drop that as like a 
as an interesting one to sort of like meditate on. So you did a lot of the research for Loch Ness. So there's tons of underwater underwater canaves. Canaves? Hello, Crystal? Hey, everyone. My name is Crystal Leander. It's my uh, second time back streaming in like six weeks. And uh, I can't talk. Nice to meet you. Okay. Underwater caves and caverns. Then some of them actually are little canals that will lead you back out to the ocean. Yeah. So there, there's a way in, way out, and everything. And it is a freshwater lake, but it does connect to the salt water. So there is, it is not totally contained. That's, I think that's one of the big things, probably when you're looking at um, lake cryptos and everything. Is it a contained lake? Like, is it, because like most lakes have some sort of water system coming in, unless it, it becomes stagnant and everything. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's one of those, like, is there a way in and out, and how big is it, too? Right, and right. from what it sounds like with Loch Ness, it's possibly big enough that something could go in and out that's a large animal. So, in theory, this would be, like, a dinosaur, essentially, that didn't, like, that survived being extinct. I know, like, we don't know. Like, like, your guess is as good as ours, but, like, considering the image they've created Nessie to be... You know what's mm -hmm. interesting to me, though, is, like... You know, let's say for, you know, for negotiation's sake that Nessie does exist. Mm -hmm. Not anybody's been eaten by it. So clearly it, it's like a vegetarian diet or like a small diet, right? Like, is that what you would think? Yeah, I would think, yeah, okay, let's, let's go on theory that uh, the size of Nessie that they have described is quite large. I mean, if it, now it could also be something of dinosaur-like, but like, rank over time because of lack of food and whatnot but yeah it's most likely would be either a herbivore so it would eat the plants in either around the lake or in the bottom of the water or small mammals or small fish would be its main source of diet and everything because something that large would have to eat a large amount of food daily to be able to survive at all and also the other thing you have to think too both reptiles and amphibians Technically speaking, if there no harm comes out, if they don't get sick or injured or anything, they can live a very long time compared to us. Like they can live almost indefinitely if they have the perfect environment for it. Oh yeah, look look at turtles for example. They can literally live hundreds and hundreds of years old. In fact, oh, yeah. it's my because I have a friend that has a turtle and she had like literally legit. She had to go get a will. And she has to will her turtle to somebody when she dies. Because she's not going to be 200 years old for the turtle. And, like, they can live two to three hundred. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that you have to think of, like, creating a will just yeah, to keep your turtle going. Like, you know, if I die, who's going to take care of Raphael and Leonardo? You know what I mean? <laughs> a tortoise in, is it, like, the a zoo in London or something that's, like been around since queen victoria time and they have photos showing the tortoise from like 150 years ago and they're like yep this is the same tortoise tortoise it's been around since then yeah there's one that was with um einstein and somebody else too like tesla i think there was a picture of him and oh, you're, yeah. you're just like geez they just live forever there's one girl i follow um so cute what's her name um Shoot, I can't remember. It's on social media. It's on TikTok. And she has a pet turtle that she had when she was, like, probably five years old, and it's 19 now. 
and uh, he is 170 pounds. And she had to create, like, a special outdoor area for it. And she also has to will it to somebody when it dies. It's crazy. Like, so you're right. Reptilians, especially in the water, they're away from people. People, you know, in my opinion, do the planet the most harm than any other creature. And they're away from people. It's in the water. It's able to self-sustain itself. It is not impossible, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like I said, as long as it it doesn't get sick and doesn't get injured and has a source of food, it's it's good to go. It's Mm -hmm. it's great. (laughs) Which is crazy. And then if it floats out into the the ocean to get some air or something, Mm -hmm. nobody's going to see it out there floating around anyways. You know what I mean? So also we wonder like is this the only one like is there more than one Nessie maybe it makes you wonder like is this one been around really for that long or is Mm -hmm. there multiple so goals for Ghost Girl Diaries one hundred percent is going to Scotland one hundred tiptoe tiptoe is the is the turtle you need to look up tiptoe on TikTok he's adorable okay tiptoe the turtle. Oh my god, he's so cute. She feeds him flowers, and he's, like, he legit, legit smiles. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but he does, he smiles. So, but it, it shows, like, she'll once in a while do TikToks where she shows this little, he was this little tiny turtle. And then it's 170 pounds. I'm like, you don't think about it. It's going to grow that big. What are you going to do when it gets that big, you know? So, okay, Loch Ness. Let's get back to Loch Ness. Um, so the story of the monster is actually older than I thought it originally was. You said yes, that it can yeah. be traced back to, like, 1,500 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very surprised when I looked at it. I'm like, wait, it, it goes back that far. I thought it was, honestly, early 20th century thing. I didn't think it was that old. I'm reading it through. And so this is through, like, Irish chat and stuff. Um, and they called it River Ness. And this was as far back as uh, 655 AD. Are you serious? Yep. I oh, mean, I don't... Realistically, Mm -hmm. could a creature be old as 1,500, 2,000 years old, or is it a family of them? Well, also you have to think, too, like, animals that large don't usually um, have, like, you'll see, that's, I think this is one of the problems with, like, the endangerment of, like, whales and such, is they, they only have one or two babies in, like, a long span of time, so... They're not like they're not breeding massively, so it might have had like a baby, and you're just seeing one or two maybe at a time. So true, and they yeah. could be living like a couple hundred years. Yeah, because whales yeah. are pregnant for like six or nine months or something like that, right? I think so. So you're right. If it's a big mammal or big reptilian, it wouldn't have like a bunch of babies. Yeah, especially for its size, too, because for its size and also the size of its environment, because that's the other thing. Like, a lot of times the environment, the food will factor in whether or not they have babies or how many they have and everything. And if there's a Mr. Nessie (laughs) around. (laughs) Of course, although, now, I don't know if people know this. I only know this because of Kat. Thank you, Kat, to all your reptilian knowledge. Kat has a uh, bearded dragon. That she has had, oh my god, that thing is human, I swear. Like, I'll be on the phone with her on speakerphone, and, like, Lily is, she, we both have animals named Lily after Lilith. Like, we love Lilith, because, you know, who wants to be Eve when you can be Lilith? Anyway, her reptile is named Lily, and we we call her Lily for short, and I have a cat named Lily. And Lily will hear me on the phone, and she'll run towards the phone. Her damn 
bearded dragon. Anyway, long story short is we found out when she first got the bearded dragon, um, it was gifted to her from somebody that um, had too many and needed someone to take care of it. She only has one, um, but we found out the reptilians can impregnate themselves. I know that sounds crazy. So Lily can technically impregnate herself and have eggs. Now, yeah, and like, but now she's a little teeny bearded dragon. Of course, back in the day, if you look up bearded dragons, like when dinosaurs existed, they were literally the size of dinosaurs, which they have Mm -hmm. now shrunk down into like, you know, this size. And they're obviously um, native to Australia desert. But yeah, her bearded dragon, we found out that literally they say if your dragon gets too comfortable and you give her the perfect environment she will reproduce by herself so i think that's a really good point to bring in with nessie is that if nessie is reptilian we don't know what she is i would assume she is some reptilians can reproduce without a mate isn't that crazy oh yeah well i mean they even talk about snakes too a female snake could mate with a male snake but not like actually like almost hold off on fertilization of the eggs for some time if the environment is not perfect for them and everything so they'll they'll do the mating season but then it'll be like months months down the road before there's actual fertilization and everything so it's interesting you don't think about that stuff you're like okay well if nessie's by herself she can't procreate no that's not that may not be the case oh yeah that's that's amazing. It is amazing. Talk about some badass females, man. Female reptilians are like, I don't need no man. Okay, I'll do it by myself. <laughs> I got this. I know Kat found out she can get her bearded dragon fixed. And she's like, I think I'm going to, like, just to be safe. Just because, like, I don't want... Because they can lay up to 150 babies or something at once. And I was like, oh, my God, Kat, what are you going to do if your bearded dragon has 150 babies? What are you going to do? She's like, Crystal, shut up. You're giving me PTSD. I'm panicking. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and I was like, well, Lily looks very comfortable. So we better just get her into the vet soon so that we can get that taken care of. So, yeah, it's interesting. So Nessie could be a one-and-done shop type of of girl. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, the accounts go back to six, uh, 565 AD, which is super, super crazy to me. Obviously, she's able to swim very well. Um, mm. And it's claimed that they think the monster bit a swimmer at one point, right? And this was, was this older? Was this an older report? I think back in the 1870s. Um, oh, yeah. 1870s they claim to see something wiggling in the ground and they claim a swimmer was attacked i don't know if i totally believe that if if a reptilian is that large in the water do you think it's just gonna bite you and like go on with its life i think it's gonna like drag you under okay with that i can see because you have to think too like the bulk of the body is large but the head of the nesting might not be so big as well but i have heard about like sharks what they sometimes most times people encounter is because their vision and I think is not that good they'll bump into something or bump into a person and they might like not take a bite but try to kind of figure out what is is this food or is this not food is so it I food could source, see possibly, yeah. yeah bumping into someone maybe taking a bite trying to figure out is this food and then find out it's not and then swimming away and everything See, in my head, I and that makes sense, but my head thinks of, like, a snake 
like an anaconda mm-hmm. in the water or even an alligator. And I don't know. I hate the circle of life. I can't stand it. I know it happens on this planet, but I don't have to like it, okay? And I don't like seeing other animals get eaten because I don't like the circle of life. I really don't. It bothers my empath. But um, snakes and alligators will drag their prey underwater to drown it. And then alligators in particular will bury it and then come Mm -hmm. back later to it. So that's just my thought, Go, which is good to have both sides of us. You know, like it's good to have Elfie's perspective and mine. Which is if someone's gonna, if Nessie's gonna bite somebody, but then you could also play the devil's advocate and say, well, yeah, maybe Nessie bit it, but like didn't realize it wasn't a plant. Maybe it's an herbivore. Yeah, I think that that's where it comes back to. It's like, is this is this an herbivore or an omnivore? I don't think it's a carnivore because I don't think there would be enough food source for them to survive if that was the case. And everything. I agree. I, would, I agree with that. Yeah. And if you look back to dinosaurs of like of Nessie's stature, which I don't have the names in front of me. Um, I used to love studying dinosaurs in school, though. But the dinosaurs that always had the really thin, long necks were always herbivores. And Nessie is mm-hmm. similar with, the like you said, the little teeny head. Yeah, I think because usually you see it pictured with a large bulk body long neck and then a small head so I yeah I I believe it's more likely on the herbivore maybe omnivore if push came to shove it if it really needed to eat but most likely more herbivore and if it did eat something it would be small like maybe other like fish or maybe even birds it has to be small though I don't yeah. think it could eat something large yeah something it could easily get off because the other thing you usually see it with you don't see it with like sharp teeth it looks like it has like um, more like grinding teeth and everything. You never see it like, oh yeah, it's a sharp, shark-like teeth. It's like it's more like grinding plant teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to see Nessie. Oh, I, I just want to pet her. I just want to pet a dinosaur. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nessie, come home with me. You can live with me in the desert of Vegas. I'm sure you won't survive long. But like, let's put you. Let's. I, I don't want you to be alone. We'll get you a really big tank. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so I'm going back. So May 2nd, 1933, this is when Nessie became, yeah. like, famous and a thing. And this was when um, people claimed they saw something rolling, like, you know, snake-like rolling in the water. And mm-hmm. uh, they started talking about it, and they basically thought it was a whale. Like, no, it's not a whale. It's too big to be a whale. It's thinner. And we're kind of chatting it up, and then this is when the picture gets taken, which is the infamous picture that we all know of Nessie. Yeah, that's like in all the paranormal books I ever come across is dealing with cryptos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And people tried to debunk the photo. Um, it's mm-hmm. claimed that the photo's been debunked. I don't know how you can claim that. You know, like you'd have to go back to 1933 and see like the technology they had, the boats they had, the accessibility that they had. Like you'd have to really skim it down. So for mm-hmm. people to be like, "Oh, we're just claiming it as like as it's bunked, we're gonna debunk it." It's like, how do you know? You don't. You can't say that. You know what I mean? Um, but I think we're they'd be like, "Well, we can't. We we don't know if it's real or not. We can't say 100 certain." So like, you, you can't be like. Well, you know it's not real. Well, how do you prove it? Well, we just know. It's like, that doesn't help. Well, we can't say it exists or it does not exist. And, and in my opinion, at this point, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say that the picture's real. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that the picture's fake. I think that 
I don't know. I th don't you think it's kind of like paranormal? Like a lot of people get mad at me because they're like, Crystal, why don't you argue with skeptics? I'm like, because it takes that person having an actual paranormal experience for them to be a believer. I'm not here to prove it to them. They either experience paranormal or they don't. I feel like crypto would be the same way. You either experience it or you don't. Mm -hmm. Like, how oh, do you, like, okay, Mothman, you went and investigated Mothman. I know you yeah. didn't, like, see him per se, but do, like, being in his environment, doesn't that make it more real? Oh, yeah, being, like, near the areas, near the community areas and everything, it, it gave the possibility that something could be living out here, something unusual and everything. And we even, like, explored the possibility of it could be sand cranes and all sorts of different things and whatnot. And it still could be that, but walking around the areas, like, I could see something, un like, unknown living here and possibly be encountered. And, I mean, with skeptics, honestly, they've already made up their mind. Mm -hmm. it, it it's already done. You 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 can tell them everything until you're blue in the face. But they have already decided from the get go this is not real, and there's no way. It's not even a matter of wanting to convince them. It's more like I just like to have a discussion with you, but you've mm -hmm. already made up your mind. Mm -hmm. So I guess yeah. we're not going anywhere. I don't argue with people because it's like I can tell you all my experiences, but like you either have experienced it or you haven't. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're trying to like empathetically understand what I'm saying with my experience, you're not going to understand because you've never experienced it. So, and I feel the same way with Nessie. I feel like if there are people because there's there's two groups of people that are out there. There's people that infinitely say Nessie does not exist, and then there's people that say even when they have been to the lake. Shout out to Britt for subscribing. Thank you. Even when they have been to the lake, they say they think they've seen Nessie. So there's a group of people out there that truly believe. So once again, you have to go back to the intelligence of Nessie, which is yeah. like, you know, Elfie saying it's an ancient creature. Kat saying it could be from Atlantis. Does it choose who it wants to show itself to people based on like um, energetic? I think animals are more in tune than humans. I mean, also, if it's been around... Let's say if it is, there's more than one Nessie, and they usually live a couple hundred years, 300 years, who knows how long, but a couple centuries. Animals figure out patterns, and they figure out the patterns of how things work around them. And I could see it find out where people have boats out, where people explore, and what parts of the lake to avoid just interacting because most of the time most wild animals don't want to interact with humans to begin with they know already to avoid them so if this thing's been living long enough it knows where not to be right i agree and with that being said too you're talking about an ancient creature that's living underwater who you're talking about all mammals or reptilians underwater have sonar that they hear and they can hear things like even crocodiles can swim like horribly fast right underwater because they can hear the waves moving they can hear animals in the water whatever they like almost can see the radar from their ears is what they say like human yeah. spectrum of hearing and seeing is so small compared to animals especially creatures that live in water so i feel like even if someone was supposedly quote hunting it it would know because it would hear it would sense it through sonar however that's going on like whatever their extra senses are being a reptilian underwater mm -hmm. so 
So people oh, don't yeah. think about stuff like that. They're like, well, oh, there's been ships go out there and do sonar and try to find it. And it's like, well, have you ever considered it's probably smarter than humans, even human technology? And for the depth of lakes, I mean, they could have sonar down. It just has to go a little deeper and it is good. <laughs> or even the caves could be blocking the images or something. Well, yeah, for the murkiness and who knows my ships and vehicles and other debris has... That's true. Who knows how many ships have gone down there. I'm sure there's been... There's shipwrecks everywhere. You know what I mean? So I'm sure. So, like, sonar shows, like, oh, look, there's a big body of thing. Yeah, that's probably a ship or a hunk of a car you're looking at. (laughs) So after this thing happened, 1933, the photos taken Mm -hmm. May 2nd, it's released to the newspapers over in the UK, too. London and everyone starts offering 2,000 pound reward for anyone who can capture and kill Nessie. And so it became a heyday event where people became obsessed with trying to hunt and kill it. And now at this point, she probably, or he, whatever it is, senses all these people on the lake out of nowhere and is like, oh, I'm out of here. Bye. Yes. We got really crowded really fast. Where, where did y'all right. come from? Right. Well, and in 1933, <laughs> they didn't have sonar, but they did start doing sonar 1960, 1970, even in the 80s. They started doing sonar in the 90s, too. Actually, all the way went into 2003, and everything comes back inconclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember, too, a lot of the specials that would come on, a lot of the paranormal shows that would have a special like we are now going to go explore Loch Ness and see if we can find Nessie and it's always inconclusive every time when they're like we're going out on the lake and we got sonar and they'll be like we found something oh it's just a log and it's always inconclusive well yeah there was one thing that was found on sonar but they said it was a fin of something else so they weren't be able to determine it and then other people Mm -hmm. say it's a giant eel that's residing in Loch Ness and I'm like I don't think an eel would stick its head out of the water like a dinosaur but that's just my opinion but honestly at this point with all these people flocking to their it probably knows and it probably doesn't trust humans at this in my opinion Mm -hmm. oh yeah it it would know to avoid people entirely like it would know better shoot i don't even trust humans and i'm a human you know what i'm saying i'm just saying um so you want to go talk about lake ontario in new york this is another how do you even kingstall is that kingsty is that how you say it i think it's kings kingsty kingsty we're going to go with that (laughs) kingsty okay this might be going a little far for me but we're going to go with it supposedly he's a fire breathing like dragon creature um and he was first discovered in the 19th century Okay, I feel like that's a little bit of a long shot. Like, I think the creature could exist, but, like, fire-breathing? That sounds like it's a little bit of, like, a trying to scare people off. Scare tactics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, it sounds like it's kind of a amalgamation of modern lore and more ancient lore of the area. It just kind of blended together into, like, a giant fire-breathing eel. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hey! <laughs> Like, okay, the lore went a little bit far, but I mean, yeah, so there was sites of it supposedly in 1932. Interesting, this is all around the same time, isn't it? Interesting. Oh, yeah, no, (laughs) now looking at it, it's like you had the 1933 with Loch Ness, and then you have 1932 with King's D. It's like, okay, what was going on? Yeah, what's going on? What's in the air? I'd like Mm -hmm. to look at the astrology for that year and be like, hmm, what was happening here? Bunch of lake monsters just hanging out, you know? Oh, yeah. So they're saying he hasn't been sighted since 1968, so he's proclaimed to possibly be deceased. And I'm like, 
Maybe he's just hiding from y'all. I would be hiding from y'all too. I mean, well, the other thing is, it one could have moved on to another. Spot <laughs> he moved on. He's gone to bigger on. and better places. <laughs> but the other thing could be he could have gone into hibernation because you do have to remember too with uh, reptiles, they can go into long states of hibernation, especially if it gets cold enough and everything. They mm-hmm. can become really still. And I think they used to do experiments where they would freeze frogs and the frog wouldn't be dead. It'd just get such slow heartbeat and then it would thaw and the frog would be fine. Formation. So yeah. they found that they can, mm-hmm. they can hibernate. So it could have gone to sleep somewhere too. Yep. You don't know. Yeah. Cat's lizard goes into formation once a year for like six months and she doesn't eat either. They don't have to eat. They pack on enough pounds where they don't have to eat for like six months and then they come out of it. So you're right, hibernation for for reptilians is very possible. So there's another one that's in Lake Champion, New York, in Vermont. Then They call this one Champ, right? Mm-hmm. So this one was sighted in the 1800s by a sea captain. And it was this described one. as a 20 to 30 foot long neck. So we're kind of like back in Loch Ness again. Yeah, well, it's it sounds like, I would think this would be more of a large serpent than... than a Loch Ness creature, like, because that 2030, I don't know, that's getting a little large on the body of the animal to the water and everything. So I'm like, maybe it's just a very long snake or something. See, that could be too. That could be possible. Um, and then but once again, they offer a $20,000 reward. And it's like, why, why do we as humans feel the need to go kill something that we don't know what it is or we don't, we don't understand it? It's a threat immediately, so kill it. Why do we do that as, as a society? I don't understand it. Okay, I mean, especially when I've seen people go hunting for, like, uh, Bigfoot and everything. Like, no, we, we actually want to make contact. We don't want to go, like, shooting at it or something. I don't get it. Yeah, but, like, if that's the case, no one has ever been brought back with a, a, a lot, you know, not that I want them to shoot Bigfoot, for God's sake, but mm-hmm. you, nobody's brought one back, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, no, I mean, I mean, that's a whole different crypto, oh, but it is. I think I could go on now. for that one, They're too. They're too smart, and they know where to avoid people. No, I've studied it in anthropology, like, and if you go to an anthropologist teacher or professor... They believe Bigfoot exists 100%. They think it's, like, we're considered, like, bonobos, which are, like, orangutans, and we, like, live in societies of people where mm-hmm. gorillas live very separately in very small, like, households, and they don't live with their other, like, creators. And they they think that humans are bonobos where um, gorillas are the uh, Bigfoot. And, I mean, I do. I've seen some of those, like, footprints they've found and stuff. I totally believe it's it's real, but I think they're smart. And I think they're oh, just yeah. like Loch Ness. They don't want to be... Just leave them alone, man. Like, I, you'd want to get them on... What are you going to do when you find them anyway? Well, excuse me, sir. I'd like to sit down and interview you. Do you have a minute of your time? Could I just have a chat with you? Of course they're going to be threatened. You're in their environment. You know what I... Like, what do you, like really, what are you going to do when you find one? It's like, yes, I would totally want to tangle with a... I don't know... Eight foot tall, eight hundred pound size creature that looks like it's been able to chuck giant uh, tractors across a woods. Yeah, no, if you, you guys get bored, go on TikTok and look up the hashtag like Bigfoot, Swamp Ape, all that stuff. But um, there are some people that live in the Smoky Mountain area, so that's like what Kentucky, Tennessee. 
It goes up to PA a little bit, doesn't it? Or more like Virginia area? I think it crosses into the Appalachian okay. Mountains, too. So there's people that live out there very secluded. I'm not talking about, like, total, like total swamp people that are living in the middle of nowhere by themselves but like they'll they'll have like huge like acres and acres of land but they post on tiktok and they talk about bigfoot being out in the appalachian mountains and the smoky mountains and like they do they're just like oh yeah it's out there at 8 p.m when it gets dark you don't go outside period if you left something in your car even your phone you leave it there until the morning period no questions asked their kids, like, they have to put up barriers, like, certain areas of their property where their kids don't go past it because they know Bigfoot's out there. And it just is what it is, and it's accepted, and you respect the land, and you respect the creatures and beings. And a lot of them have stables with, like, cattle and horses, and they keep the stables close to home. They lock up the cattle and the horses at night because some of them have been eaten. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's crazy. So, yeah, it's it's interesting on TikTok. I'd love to go investigate, not necessarily Bigfoot, but be there to experience it. And I, because I feel like it's so untouched. I'm sorry, Elfie and I are like, we're nerds together. When Elfie and I well, get talking, yeah. we're like, what about this? <laughs> well, also, have you heard the audio sometimes people, they record everything? Mm. The sounds, like you hear distinctly the coyotes, but then you hear this other sound where it's like, that's not a coyote. Mm-mm. That is something else. Yeah. Well, that's why I said <laughs> these people <laughs> are so just like, yeah, if you leave your cell phone in the car at night, yeah. don't worry about mm-hmm. it. You get it in the morning. You like, And people were asking questions like, but what if you need your cell phone? And they're like, you don't go outside at night, period. It's not worth it. You're good. You it's don't good. even let the dogs outside after a certain time. You know, it's like crazy to me that they're just like, oh, yeah, it is what it is. I'm like, Jesus. Anyway, go on TikTok and find those people because I'm fascinated by it. 100% fascinated. Okay. Um, let's skip forward because I want to talk about the Great Lakes because the Great Lakes is really fascinating to me. That'd be another place I'd like for us to go investigate. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many lakes up there, obviously, but there's a lot of shipwrecks that have happened in the area. Um, remember, these lakes are so giant that you can't see the other side. There's been people online that have captured phantom ships on the Great Lakes because ships have like got sunk on this on these land. People think they might be full of portals. And then to throw in the mix, they can be really violent currents like different times of the year. It can get really ice cold. And then there's lake monsters. Oh yeah, I mean the storms that can brew on those is just amazing. And like you said, the, the ghost ships people reported the ships that go down it's just it's this it, these contained oceans essentially so there's it's not a surprise that there's also all these legends contained oceans that is oh my god i'm blown <laughs> away contained oceans that is miraculous okay anyway keep going i'm sorry no it's okay no, no it's just it's not surprising with you have all these great lakes and they're connected in various ways that there would be something large enough of multiple different creatures thriving or living in them, especially since we have difficulty even going across them and um, being on them at times and everything with storms and everything. So 1800s um, was one of the first reports that came out, and there was like a 50-foot-long serpent that was supposedly spotted in one of these lakes. Now, these lakes mm-hmm. do have also a canal or a river that goes out to the ocean. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they have ways of, of they have in ways in and out and everything and feeding into the lakes. 
Now, serpents wouldn't shock me because I feel like just snakes are a thing. Like, you know, I think here in the United States, people are so shocked by that. But you look at like even Australia or Africa and the Nile, even oh. Brazil, they have these huge giant anacondas um, and they'll eat like kids and people like legit. Like I remember there was a story not too long ago and a whole man got swallowed by this like anaconda that was massive and they had to find the anaconda and kill it. And they got the guy back so that they could bury him. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell, man? This is so messed up, you know? Well, yeah, they've shown images of, like, anacondas fighting with, like, crocodiles. Like, these two large, like, reptiles going at it and everything. And the anaconda is large enough to actually take it on. <laughs> I know. it's oh, And once again, I hate. I don't like the circle of life. And I don't like creatures that can eat people, personally. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's terrifying. Like, I don't think it could be that out of the question, once again. Like, uh, anacondas are already big as they are. Um, so, Lake Ontario, I don't even know how to pronounce that, do you? It's like a uh, huge name that they gave it for, like, the legend of the serpent-like creature. It starts with a G. Gasadalintha? Was that how you'd pronounce it? Gasadalintha? Gasadalintha maybe. And, it, and it's wow, a serpent-like creature and it inhabits the waters and it was first spotted August 14th of 1829. Um, mm -hmm. And it was obviously reported through the Gazette and all that stuff. I think that would be very likely because it's like you have, if it has enough food, it has a large, it's kind of almost like the, the whole goldfish thing. If a goldfish has a large enough tank and enough food, yes. it will get there. Yes. So you have a snake with enough food and large enough by water, it can get as big as it wants as long as there's nothing there to eat it. <laughs> exactly, 100%. Um, Lake Erie has another one. This is like the South Bay Bessie. So since it's yeah. named Bessie, do you think that's after Nessie? I think that was the big thing for it, that they people described it similar to Nessie, so they named it Bessie as well. And it's, it's the same idea of a basically long neck, large body creature and Lake Erie is huge. I mean, if you ever seen it, it's a massive lake and everything. And it, in itself, is also very deep, has cavern. I mean, th this is the pattern with all these lakes. Is they're they're very deep. They have caverns. They have ways in in and out. So that's it's almost like these are the perfect environments for it. Mm -hmm. It was first spotted 1793. Once again, snake-like, grayish sort of creature. Then mm -hmm. Lake Huron, another one, another water monster. This is, um, I almost said Mitsubishi, but I don't think that's right. But <laughs> Mitsubishi, um, that's a car or a brand. Um, but they said that um, they think it lives, it's like a serpent type of thing that lives um, in different dens and caverns under the water. So that's crazy. Well, also, if you look at this kind of these serpent-like things, it's like, it makes you wonder, like, is it all one species? Like, it's a, not a family, but a species of large serpent that's been able to survive and kind of separate into the various lakes. Because all, so far, all of them are describing these long serpent-like things that get to, like, 30, 40 feet big and everything. So it's like, they're all naming the same thing. See, it's so weird because, like, I've never, ever liked water in general. I swear I drowned in a past life. Like, I know, I just know, I've never been on a boat. I've never been on a ship. 
I assume my time is coming when Ghost Girl Diaries gets on the road to film. Um, and I'm just going to have to, like, put myself out with, like, that medication that makes you not get, like, sick. Like, just, like, don't oh. wake me up. Just leave. Don't talk to Crystal. Just leave her there. Um, I don't think I'm going to drown in this life. I think it's just I brought over some past life shit. You know what I'm saying? And to imagine yeah. mixing in a serpent um, kind of scares the shit out of me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the water's bad enough. <laughs> see the bottom and you're like oh something just brushed by me i'm out here <laughs> no see i won't no. ever get in the water i'll be on the boat the whole time with like eight life jackets floaties on my arms like <laughs> i'm gonna make it back i'm gonna put like a blow-up toy like for like a blow-up boat in my backpack so that i can just sit in it and like push myself back to shore just to be sure you know what i'm saying crystal you ready no come on <laughs> god <laughs> Oh, God. You just, once again, natural disasters, water, you just don't want me around it. Okay. Um, now, this one kind of has me fascinated a little bit. This is like an underwater lynx or like panther is what you found? Yeah, this, this was the stranger one. Because like I said, all the other ones was like serpent, serpent, lynx. I'm like, where did you come from? This is unusual. Clearly a different planet, and it was left here by some UFO that stopped in to get some water. And he's like, shit, you guys left me behind. Someone left their pet kitty. <laughs> Someone left their pet underwater kitty. He can't get out. He's stuck in on the Great Lake. Somebody go pick him up. Um, so he literally, they say he had head and paws like a giant cat, but yet he's covered in scales. But the, his spikes are dagger-like, and mm -hmm. um, it runs all the way down his tail. Who the hell comes up with this kind of description? Who saw this person? Jesus. Or not person. Being. Oh, how cool you see this because that's that's pretty detailed like were you like face to face with it really that's descriptive um, but it's interesting because it's like it, i mean you see there there are descriptions of reptiles with fur and feathers so it's entirely possible to have something that looks scaly and furry at the same time the links like the cat-like description i mean there are cat species of cats that do like water that swim around that are just fine with it and everything but it might be, this is as close as we could think of what it looks like. It oh, yeah, tigers like love water. Like, you, I love watching tigers because they can swim and they, yeah, they're totally adaptable to water. Now, holding their breath for long periods of time. However, you know, if they're saying this thing is scaly and dagger-like, you know, spikes, it makes sense then that it would be like some sort of like a mixed underwater creature with possible land creature. But maybe it is scared of people because it did get left behind by its UFO, you know? By the way, this is an where this is seen the most is on an island near Lake Superior, and apparently some of these traditions and lore of this particular being go back to like Native American tribal times, which I am digging because you know I'm Cherokee and I love that shit. Like I live for this kind of stuff. Um, but there was a tribe that was there, and um, by the the Great Lakes region, Canada and the United States, and they're the ones that are saying this creature is real it exists and it's there and they and once again they always respect the water because this creature lives in it mm -hmm. oh yeah and i could see like some if it lives on island around the lake and everything this most likely it's probably uh would be an om omnivore and everything so it could be likely to eat larger things than just simply like plant life small fish and everything mm -hmm. so i could see where they'd be respecting 
like give it its space and everything. I want to go, dude. I want to go see this thing, man. Like, I want to go find this underwater panther. That sounds badass. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this... I said, it was one of those like serpent, serpent, panther. <laughs> You're just like what? Wait, what? Where do you come from? Okay, bro. There's a panther underwater in the Great <laughs> Lakes. We've got to go up there, man, and see it. Um, okay. Uh, the Lake Superior Dragon. Now, there's a dragon as well. Let's throw in another crazy one in the mix. And um, this is a dragon, and apparently he's kind of the one that's the most aggressive out of all of them. Would you say that? Say so, yeah, especially when you have to give it offerings and like, please, <laughs> don't do anything. Which is goes back to more Native American lore, so they'd give it offerings for it to basically go away. So I'm assuming when you're saying an offering, it would be like a dead goat or a dead chicken or something. And it would take the offering so that it would keep the creature at bay from taking the native tribe or the native people. So that's interesting. Oh yeah, and it's like just trying to keep keep everything good, keep the peace and whatnot. So and that makes sense. I mean, you want you keep that balance and everything. You give the offerings, and then hopefully it doesn't eat <laughs> keep the balance, Elfie. Keep the balance. Doesn't okay. eat your livestock. Like here's some food. Don't eat our livestock, please. <laughs> like these are my pet goats. Okay. Like just don't touch my pet goats. They're my friends. Okay. Crystal doesn't use them for food. They're her pets. Okay. Just leave my goats alone. Um. Man, there's so yeah. many up there. There's so many up there. So now you had another local one to PA, right? This is the local lake yeah. monster that you were. You want to chat about that one? Because you know real, a lot a lot about this guy. Yeah, this is the race down. Now, this is the the more unusual one because I think race around is actually a man-made like, and that's where it gets unusual because I don't think like it talks about how uh, there was a race town built in 1905. The dam was later destroyed in 1971 to make way for the U.S. Army Corps Engineer creation. Today's the race town like so that's where the difference comes in where you have the the lakes with all the various ways to get in and out, but with this man-made lake, there's probably not as many ways to get in and out. And also, the question comes in, like, how did it get in? Mm -hmm. um, right. Now, it has been speculated, most likely it's a legend that was created by someone and just kind of continues to be an urban legend that is, even though most people think that it's most like not real, they enjoy it because it's the neat idea that you go to his man-made lake and there might be an underground sea creature mm -hmm. lake creature and everything see now okay oh. let me let me spit out my opinion on how these creatures may get here because it's kind of how i feel about like the chupacabra in particular so mm -hmm. have you ever noticed <clears throat> when like there's chupacabra like chupacabra sightings are mainly southern united states so you're talking like arizona so socal usually um but more close to like the the mexican border um, Texas a lot, um, and probably like Florida and then Puerto Rico. There's always massive sightings for crypto for, um, the chupacabra. So my mm -hmm. idea or theory, it's a theory. Nobody has to believe it. I just believe it is. I definitely do believe in UFOs. I believe in aliens totally 100%. I'm not scared of all of them. I think that, you know, our society and government has made us be afraid of them because I don't, I don't think they're all bad. I think they're probably like humans. Some are good and some are bad, but I think that they release these creatures here 
to like like the chupacabra is the blood sucker right so it like kills the goats and it kills like you know all this stuff i don't think they're necessarily feeding on animals i think they're taking like samples of the animals for the ufo and then taking the chupacabra back up to the station and then mm-hmm. examining the creatures it ate or the blood that it took or whatever. And I think it could be similar with these lake monsters. Because it's weird. You go through these periods where you hear about it a ton all the time. Oh, my God. Chupacabra chupacabra sightings, chupacabra sightings. And then you go years and it's nothing. And I think mm-hmm. it's because they come down to, like, release their little... I don't know what you would call, like, a chupacabra. I don't think it's necessarily, like, their dog, like a pet dog. But it's something in this sort of, like, yeah, it's something where they release it to, like, gather evidence and then bring it back to them. It's just my theory on it. I know that's a really cool theory because I could see something like that because if they could engineer something that was biological, but not biological, um, an animal, but also retrieves what they need, like tissue, blood, whatever samples that can get into the environment, collect what it needs and returns with causing as little interaction as possible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool because then all you have to deal with is some urban legends of seeing this weird creature, but you don't have to deal with the, I saw an alien, it's just, I saw this strange creature go after my goats. Wow, there's like a helicopter right above my house. Maybe it's because I'm talking about chupacabras. Um, anyway, <laughs> like if you hear the helicopter and I get abducted, sorry about that, guys. It's going to be fine. Um, so, but yeah, that's my, my opinion on, you're right. Like it's, it's a lot less sly, like than just being like a giant UFO or like an alien walking through the woods. And they always say the chupacabra has like red eyes and like it's, you know, they do find the creatures where there's two holes, puncture wounds in the neck and nothing else is wrong. Nothing else is missing from the animal. And I think that it's because they have reflective eyes like other animals so they can see at night. They have like night vision. Mm -hmm. And they can traipse around and no one's going to find them. And that's just the way it is. And then they go back up and take the material or, like, you know, the samples back up and then it's done. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially since it's, like, I mean, there are animals that do, but you don't often see an animal take down an animal just because it wants to. Like, it's always for food immediately or food for later. So the idea of it just taking down an animal and just taking a little bit of blood and just leaving it not eating it or anything like that is it's unusual well and then same with your this monster and the you're right how if and, and i'm the kind of person that like whenever lore or stories get passed on from generation to generation yes it's like the game of telephone people add on to it you never know what the origins are but the origins started somewhere and why did they start where they started that creature may not be in the lake that you're talking about right now because it's man-made you said no one's seen it for a while however doesn't mean that it wasn't there before once again do these ufos or aliens obviously i'm sorry but in my opinion our society is very behind okay if if aliens are driving these high-tech ufos and we're still driving on the street we're a little bit behind here, okay? We're, we're, our society's a little bit of a baby, okay? We can't even get out of the planet right now, and they're going from dimension to dimension. So I think they put these animals here once again. Was this lake monster there temporarily to collect, like, you know, samples from the area, like the mud and the, okay. you know, trees or the water even, like what organisms exist in the water? So I'm just fascinated by that because I really do think those stories and lore starts 
for a reason from somewhere. Oh yeah, there's, there's always a kernel of truth, and to me, oftentimes the kernel of truth is more fascinating than the lore itself. Like it's always interesting when you finally get to the end of that thread, how this all started, and you're like, this is unusual, but this is even cooler. And also with like Raystown, there's an entire possibility there was something there, but because it is a man-made lake and it was limited on size, limited on depth, and limited on food, it might have just not lived as long compared to the other ones that have more access than this one. So entirely possible it could have been around, it just didn't live very well. Well, there's another possibility with all of these, if you think about it. We don't know what really Nessie is. We're only speculating what her full body looks like because we've created that image in our mind. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. we don't really know if it's an amphibian or if it's a whale creature or if it's a reptile. We don't know. So the Mm -hmm. question is, is are they living in the water or do they live on land too? Because a lot of times these lakes are surrounded by dense wood or woody forests, right? Mm -hmm. What if they live in the forest and you just happen to see it while it was in the lake? Like, you don't know. Because even if you're talking about, like, the Appalachian Mountains or uh, the Smoky Mountains, it is so freaking dense there. I know because my dad owns property out there that I'm going to have to sell at some point that I don't even want to think about. Because it's literally, like, out in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And it's literally just thick forest. Like, people don't live out there. So oh. you wouldn't ha- you wouldn't be caught if you were a crypto character chilling in the middle of that, you know? Yeah. Well, also like we're talking about, there's caves. So there's possibility of caves that lead to above ground or caves that lead to underground. Basically, some underground caves are like these beautiful giant open spaces that are like two, three stories high that something could live in there and not be bothered with. So they could be living on the ground. But it's under a cave where they are, like, basically nice and safe, too. Well, and tying in some more shit to make you scared. Because <laughs> that's just what I do. On TikTok, they've been talking... Uh, there's, like, random TikToks that have been popping up about how um, people are going into national forests and they're disappearing. And they think there's, like, rabid, wild people that are living out there that are, like, cannibals. Or there's crypto characters. And once again, it would make sense because they'll they'll do like, you know, a search for a missing person for a couple days and then they call it off. And it's like because, you know, they're saying that the people that are working like in the forest know something's out there. And it is so thick and dense and not populated that you just don't mess with it. You don't mess with it. Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, I know which one you're talking about because there's been times where people have gone missing and... They found them. Unfortunately, they they found the body or something, or they'll find them alive. But they'll find them in places where it was like children go missing. They they find them somewhere else, but they were like high up somewhere where it would have been impossible for them to have been able to get up there on their own. That happened in Colorado everything. all the time. Yeah. Like, in fact, I think they start stopped reporting on it publicly in Colorado because it was scaring people. Because there's so many national forests and parks in Colorado. But that's when they tell you, when they say stick to the trail, they effing mean it before a reason. Stick to the trail for a reason. Like, I I think it, I mean, sure, if you want to get on, like, conspiracy theories, do cannibal people live out there that are, like, weird and, like, you know, the hills have eyes shit? Maybe. But I honestly think at this point, like, it'd be more possible for, like, the crypto stuff to exist out there, too. Um, and I, once again, you know, I know we've never shot and killed, a you know, Bigfoot. Thank God. Let him live. Let Harry and the Hendersons live, man. 
He's just trying to live his hairy life out there. Like, leave him alone. Don't shoot him. But like, the cartels on Hundy. I'm like, no. Yeah. But like, thank God they're living. But like, you have nobody has brought one back. And I Mm -hmm. think once again, I think we don't. You know, humans are egotistical, and I think you don't realize how smart these beings or creatures could be. Once again, because Mm -hmm. they don't live in a society where we've sort of been dumbed down by things around us that you know where we don't we think we're better than everyone else or we're smarter than everything else and then I think that you get kind of questioned when you accidentally set foot in the wrong place also like me personally if if I want to go looking for Bigfoot I would rather I would like to would want to go in there not to hunt it but actually try to make some sort of contact with it because it's one of those things where they probably avoid people as much as possible, but if they encounter a person and the person even comes off remotely dangerous to them, yeah, you're not coming out of that woods. Well, and they probably sense these, you know, I've seen these Bigfoot hunters go in with all these weapons. Like, okay, on one side, I get it, okay? You want to be prepared in case shit goes down. Like, I want to be prepared. Like, yes, I'd prefer to go just chat with Bigfoot. I want to have a Barbara Walters interview on a tree stump. However, if Bigfoot gets, you know, violently angry at the scarf that Kat knitted for it and he comes for me, I need to make sure that we're prepared. So I do get both sides of it. You know what I mean? But I think that when you're out there and if you do take a ton of weapons, they sense it, man. They sense it. Rather go in there like you've seen uh, naturists where they go in and they, 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 they become one with the environment. They they try to cover. They try to change their scent. They try to not have any perfumes or washes. Anything that would detract from the environment, and basically just try to live within that ecosystem to show that they're not a danger to them. See if they can observe. The, the animals in their habitat with causing it the least amount of interference and that's almost one of those things like is that would that be possible and that would be very cool if it was possible but see everybody wants to show the scary side of Bigfoot which is and I'm not saying that that doesn't exist I mean, it could very well exist but every story you hear about Bigfoot is he's going to eat you you know like there were some Siberian um, teens that went out into the mountains up in, in Siberia, Russia area, and they were all murdered in this tent, and one of the kids had the tongue completely pulled out of them. They were all murdered, and there was video footage of them, like, running from something, but it was very Blair Witchy. You never really saw what they were running from. Uh, yes, they were dead. I'm not, like, saying they didn't die, but, like, you don't know what the narrative was behind it. So, but So humans are going to instantly become afraid and be in fear, and then if they want to go interact, they're going to go in guns a-blazing. And I just feel like it's like, where is the balance in this, man? Like, you're right. You have to give respect not only to the environment, but, like, it's in harmony in a way of, like, it's back in the day of, like, you know, my culture, my native, my native culture, my indigenous heritage, which is when you go into the environment of something else that lives there, you respect it. And it's the same like when my grandmother was on the res and they would hunt. They would hunt their food. They hunt the deer. They hunt whatever to eat. They, like, pay mat. It's a it's a ritual that happens. Like, it's a paying respects to this animal. This animal has given its life to, to the tribe. They use the skin, the bones, everything. Like, they, they worship the animal. It's a sacred practice. Like, you're allowing us. We give it to the gods. We thank it. It's spiritual. I still 
cook chicken and thank the chicken when I'm cooking the chicken. You know, like that's just my my grandmother taught me that way. Um, and so I think that if people approach situations with not only crypto, but also with paranormal, don't you agree with me, Elfie? That oh, yeah. I, they'd have a big different outcome on it. Well, I mean, and the thing is, it's like with like Bigfoot or even any of these, these cryptos, but like mainly with Bigfoot, it has been able to observe us in our, our destructive nature and no doubt how much we've encroached on the environment, how much we grow probably on its territory and everything. This is why probably why a lot of the cryptos say that it sticks to possibly caves, it sticks to the, the the mountain trails and everything. It sticks to areas that we don't really go into because it's it's too dense or too dangerous for us because the area it probably did used to go to is now cities and urban. So it it knows how destructive we are and it knows how to stay away from us and everything. And probably the only reason why we see more science of it is more fluke because we're encroaching more and more into its its territory and it has to find a new place now. Well, and with that being said, tangenting a little bit, you're right. Because they probably see humans come in. Remember, that's not your environment. That's where they live. Or not even them. The species of the woods, the birds, the animals, the deer, whatever, the moose, the bears, the cougars. And you're coming in there. These people are setting off fireworks. They're causing forest fires. They're shooting guns off randomly in the woods. They're killing animals. So if Mm -hmm. these creatures exist, they're looking at our species like, that is the dumbest species I've ever seen in my life. And I'm staying the hell away from them. And if we do get close, they probably do become in fear. Or they Mm -hmm. just keep getting further away because they're like, oh, I'm not messing with those people. Like, that society is, like, messed up. Like, just stay away from them. Yeah, probably all the audios people recorded, the unusual sounds of the... the, Either those are communications or they're probably just... They're warning signs of stay away. Like, I'm going to be as big and scary and loud as possible because I know if I do that... You're not going to want to come anywhere near me. I agree. I would. I do the same thing in my house. You know what I'm saying? I don't want somebody here. I get big, scary, and loud. I'm like, go. <laughs> but it's true, right? It is true. It's a perfect example. That is their house. And like when you, and that's even with like, uh, you know, hearing. They've heard strange sounds underwater um, with different sonar with things. It's probably oh, yeah. warnings. It's probably warnings. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, wrapping up the stream, do you think lake monsters or monsters in water or even crypto exists? I think it's entirely possible. Like we were saying at the beginning of it, there's so much of this world we don't fully understand, so I would not put it out there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's not. I would say it's possible just because we haven't even been able to fully explore the bottom of these lakes, let alone identify everything. Mm-hmm. I agree. I also think there's supernatural occurrences and, like I said, phenomena around these areas. Um, Mm -hmm. Clearly, if you're talking, you know, particularly, um, you know, all the lakes in Michigan, they're constantly having strange things happen with, like, um, detection, like their compasses won't work, their electronics won't work on the ships, then a raging storm will come up out of nowhere and take the ship down. So many ships have sank, so many people have died there. Um, then on top of that, there's just countless videos of phantom ships, which I found, I find fascinating considering it's on, I know these are ginormous lakes, but like, it's not even on an ocean, like it's on a lake, like I find it fascinating. So it does make you wonder if the phenomena surrounding it is 
um, is a portal. Is there a portal there or is the energy stuck? Like I, I'm fascinated with it personally. I am. I'm just, I'm fascinated. There's one more lake I just want to briefly chat about that I'm kind of obsessed with from being, um, a Coloradan. So Flathead Lake Monsters in Montana is Flathead Lake. Um, mm-hmm. it's folklore from Montana. It's kind of off to the Idaho side if you're looking for it. Um, it's a huge, beautiful f- freshwater lake. It's the largest freshwater lake um, west of the Mississippi. And I know growing up in Colorado, you know, you, you're you're into hiking and you're an outdoorsy and stuff. And you're like constantly on the trails and you're like going to all these cool, like beautiful. There's so many beautiful areas in Colorado to see. But um, outside of that, once you've hit them, you're like, okay, where are we going to go next? And people always talked about Flathead Lake. And I remember researching it when I was younger, and there's been a supposed flathead lake monster. It's interesting considering, once again, we're talking freshwater. So there's no real canals out of it. However, Mm -hmm. it's a massive lake. There's some mansion homes that sit around it. If you ever get bored, just go on Zillow because it's I'm just fascinated by it so the water around the edges is very clear because we're talking fresh water and you can literally the stones are like rainbow stones in the water it's beautiful I still want to go there someday but the flathead lake monster was supposedly um the legend started with Native Americans indigenous people once again and Mm -hmm. the indigenous people were um obviously living around the lake the lake was their freshwater source and they would ice fish on the lake And one day they saw antlers that were like frozen in like the lake water and they decided to cut the antlers off. I'm assuming they thought it was some sort of like a buck or something or maybe a moose that had died. And after they chopped the antlers off, once again, this is just a a legend or folklore, um, is when this monster popped its head out of the water and they realized they had just cut the antlers off of, of the creature. They took off running across the ice, got back, but slowly over time... Um, people about half the tribe started drowning inside of Flathead Lake and they think they, they're not sure if it was the monster or if it was like you know him getting back at them for cutting off his antlers but there's still sights of him today the reason I find it so fascinating is just because it's such a a tourist draw for for Montana um, I don't know if you've ever been to Montana Elfie but it's Bozeman it's a little bit um, west of Bozeman Bozeman's beautiful by the way if you've ever have a chance to go to Montana, don't really go to Billings, go to Bozeman. It's very, it's more modern, it's beautiful. I've been to Montana before and I got to go to Flathead Lake and it's beautiful. I'm not going to deny that. The stones are beautiful, but there is something strange about it when you go there. And that was the oh. first time I've been like actually not just looked through a computer and mm-hmm. like got to go to a crypto site where this like creature and I don't know it's oddly still that's all I'm gonna say there's fishermen on the lake there's you know people on the lake it's a small community because it's not a huge town beautiful atmosphere like dreams are made of this where there's mountains in the background and flowers and trees and forests and clear water with these stones but and I went in the water to, to feel the stones, but I just remember thinking there's something off it. Like, you can just sense it. You can just sense it energetically. So mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody that's interested in sort of crypto is don't jump in the freaking water, but just, like, go <laughs> experience the energy around it, you know? Because um, I don't want to be... make an offering for like here's an offering please don't eat me and the <laughs> here's some crackers please don't eat me okay thank you so much i just want to experience the energy but um yeah it's really interesting i I've, i'm i'm fascinated by crypto and i can't wait for us to be able to 
dip into it a little bit more as we keep going here on our Ghost Scroll Diaries path here. Um, Future-wise, Elfie, where would you want to go for crypto? Um, would you do Loch Ness? One heartbeat. Me like, too. Totally. Um, but actually, I kind of I want to go back to um, the bear, the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. Like I didn't get to fully explore that area, and that's to me a fascinating. Was that Mothman? Yeah, no, no, not Mount Jersey Devil and the Pine Barrens. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Like I don't know why I just want to go back there because the Pine Barrens themselves have not been fully explored. There's still areas where people have not gone into, and just the legend of the Jersey Devil. There's so many different stories. I'm like, I want to check that out. Like there has to be some nugget of truth with that one. Well, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're coming up with lists for locations. Hopefully, we'll be on the road soon. Week week. Like, yeah, we have some good locations already pre-planned that Elfie, Elfie came up with some really good ones that we're not going to share, you know what I'm saying, because we're not, we're not going to share it, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, Elfie, I'm so glad we're back. Thank you for being on with Yay. me today. Yay. Back in the game. This is awesome. I know, but you know, I told you, everybody knows, like we've been, you know, Elfie knows too, we've been doing some major stuff behind the scenes. And it just had to take priority and precedent, and that's just the way it is. And that's okay, because life's good. And it was, it was great being back here. It was much needed, but it's great being back. It's true. It was much needed break. It was good, but it is really good to be back. It's really good to be back. Next week, Shaylee's first stream. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah, Shaylee um, went through our, like, we always pick topics, like, way ahead of time. I think we have, I think we're scheduled to, like, December or something crazy. Um, so we're, like, way ahead of topics. We're on top of it. So Shaylee's next week is Haunted Dolls. She likes Haunted Dolls. She also really likes serial killer lore and, like, haunted serial killer lore. So she's, her streams are going to be, like, really interesting. Like, she gets into it. She gets really into it. So, and she's had a lot of experience, obviously, with hands-on, so I'm, I can't wait to, like, hear what we chat about next week. So, yeah, that'll be next Friday, so make sure you tune into this. This will be uploaded as a podcast. Um, if you guys like this podcast, let us know on social media, because um, we'll do more crypto chats if you guys like it. Um, TikTok is going amazing. Have you seen our TikTok, Elfie? Oh, it looks great. I love the little videos. Like it's, been going well. it's going we got like 600 followers in a matter of a couple of days that's awesome bam cat and i are just killing the game on tiktok anyway um and i think shaylee's gonna jump in there at some point but um and elfie hopefully eventually too but we're trying to get like a rhythm down of like and we're, we've we figured out what works so if you're not on tiktok make sure you're following us at ghost girl diaries because it's going awesome we're getting so much so much support from fellow paranormal groups that have been following ghost girl diaries for years shout out to all you guys that have sent us messages on tiktok we're trying to follow all of the paranormal groups back so if you follow us make sure um we give you a, a follow too and yeah tiktok's kicking butt okay we broke records for podcasts last week yes Yes! The podcast is going amazing. We literally broke hundreds 
um, of downloads within 24 hours last week. I am so freaking proud that we are finally at this point. I'm hoping soon that we'll be able to get some sponsorships. So if anybody's out there interested in helping sponsor the Ghost Girl Diaries podcast, please email us at crystal at ghostgirldiaries.com. But yeah, podcast is great. We also got approved, Elfie. I have all this good news. Don't you love good news? Like everything just lining up. It is. It's like I have all the right people in all the right places and we're just fucking kicking ass. You know what I mean? But yeah, we got approved for every single podcast stream. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We are on every single podcast app. We're on Pandora. We're on iHeartRadio. Deezer. Like, I I can't even tell you. We're on Alexa. I mean, I don't even know. We're everywhere. Please are on, like, review do the stars it takes us a couple minutes it really helps us it really helps our visibility and everything just just a couple minutes review star everything yeah we've gotten 4.5 star rating out of hundreds of reviews i'm so freaking proud of my ghost girl army i love you guys so much you know it just as a throwback real quick like I didn't know what was going to happen when the YouTube channel tanked at first, which by the way, YouTube's rebuilding now that we've been promoting ourselves on TikTok. So thank God, I think we're going to be good to go to just stay on the YouTube channel. But I was really lost. And then I started the podcast. I didn't take it really serious. Then like, you know, November, December, um, Kat and I started taking it more serious. And then Elfie jumped in January, February. And like, oh my God, it's just every life is so good right now, isn't it? Oh, mm-hmm. It's all lined up well and it's all taking off nicely. So. Yeah, so if you have time to review us, oh my god, we love you. Um, any 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 chat that you can or any um, outlet that you can, you can always go to ghostgirldiaries.com to find all of our outlets, like literally, but we're on all the podcast apps now. I'm so proud. We're, we're up to thousands and thousands of downloads and views. I am so proud of just being in this family with all of you and we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys and of course my amazing fabulous crew elfie does all of our um historical facts because she's a freaking library in her brain and kat does our social media management we have another social media manager and shaylee we haven't quite fit her in yet but we're getting there and um it's just good we're just very grateful so thank you guys for being so supportive all these years with all my twists and turns of of the agenda of ghost girl diaries but we're kicking ass so yeah make sure you're following us on tiktok follow us on social media next week's haunted dolls with shaylee download our podcast guys um merch is always up too make sure you go to ghostgirldiaries.com merch is there any final words of uh advice elfie anything like that don't go into the lake unless you're prepared (laughs) i threw my hat off because i laughed so hard because it's true don't go into the lakes back from the dead